The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome. So happy you could join us today. It is a bright, beautiful, sunshiny day here in Virginia. You are listening to Illuminating Leadership, and I'm your host, Jeff Smith. And we are just so excited about our guest today. I'll introduce him in just a moment. But I also want to just say hi to everyone that's out there. We had listeners last week from everywhere from the United Arab Emirates to London to Iran uh, and lots and lots of places in the United States. So thanks for being here and want to give you all the contact information so you can reach out to us. If you'd like to call us during the show, please call 1-866-472-5788. You can email me at jeff at voltageleadership.com. Our website is www.voltageleadership.com. You can like me on Facebook at Voltage Leadership and connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith Voltage Leadership Consulting. And finally, follow me on Twitter at JMU Jeff. So today, I'm enjoyed, I'm going to just have a great time having a conversation with Scott Evelyn. Scott is a dynamic and emerging, fantastic, engaging leader who informs and inspires his audiences around the world. He has audiences ranging from 20 to more than 1,000 people. Scott informs, inspires, and develops leaders around the presence that comes from being fully present in your day-in and day-out life. Drawn on his own experience as a Fortune 500 executive, more than 15 years of coaching, top leaders around the world, he's also written two books and has amazing lessons to share from overcoming a life-threatening health crisis. Scott will give us listeners a real uh, strong understanding of the research he's done over the last 25 years, as well as some tips and tools. Scott's married to Diane. They have two grown sons. He's also a yoga instructor. He loves life, and basically, he's just an all-around great guy. So let me bring you in, Scott, and uh, welcome to the show. Wow, Jeff. Thank you. That's the nicest introduction I've ever had uh, from, from one great guy to another, I guess. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I think you were saying you're in California today, so it's a, I hear it's a bright, sunny, shine day out there. It never well, rains in Southern California. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Which is becoming a problem, actually. It needs to rain in Southern California. Yeah, you may have to, we may have to send you water one day, but uh, yeah. you know, in the meantime, enjoy it. Indeed, indeed. Well, Scott, maybe um, just to ground us, you know, how did you decide to become uh, an executive coach? You, know, you and I both share that as mm-hmm. a passion, but I don't know that I've ever asked you you know, why did you decide to become an executive coach? Yeah, well, I, I suspect our answers may be similar, Jeff. I, I had been, as you alluded to in the introduction, I'd been a, um, a corporate manager and executive uh, for about 15 years uh, coming out of uh, college and then graduate school. And 
I uh, was in financial services for about six years, uh, moved to the energy industry for about four and a half, and had some public sector work in there as well. Um, but what I always loved about my corporate uh, experience, uh, well, the first thing I've loved since I was probably six years old and was a bobcat and Cub Scouts was leadership. I just have always gravitated towards anything that had to do with leadership and just been fascinated by leaders and the whole practice of leadership since I was a little kid, honestly. Um, and then the other thing that developed for me over the years that I really enjoyed in, in the corporate life was strategy. You know, how do you, what's the plan for getting from point A to point B? I think that's a macro question. It's also a micro question at an individual level. And, uh, you know, after about 15 years of the corporate life, I concluded that those were the two things I love the most, you know, leadership development and strategy and the, the way I view coaching uh, and I'll, you know, broadly speaking, the other work that I do, it's the intersection of those two things, you know, it's leadership development and strategy. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I think the paths are similar and, um, you know, it's a, it's a fun career. I know you get to work with a ton of great leaders. And so what I'm curious about is what made you go from working from the leaders to saying, you know, I want to sit down and write two books. You know, <laughs> I'm really, I'm working on writing one right now. And, um, uh, mm-hmm. I know how energetic you are and how much you like to be outside and do things. And so uh, maybe offline you can give me some tips on writing myself. But <laughs> how did you sure. slow down and, and you know get your thoughts down to write the next level and then overworked and overwhelmed the mindfulness yeah. alternative? Right. So my, you, know, you just said my first book was called The Next Level, uh, What Insiders Know About Executive Success. And that's in a second edition now. But you know, I guess it's the old thing about write what you know. Um, you know, that's the advice for first-time authors frequently is to write about what you know about. And mm. I had been, you know, the next level is all about what do you need to pick up and what do you need to let go of when you're moving into new situations that require different results, quite often moving into the executive level for the first time or even just a much bigger job that's below the executive level. Uh, different results are expected and doing what you've always done isn't going to get it done, you know, in those cases. So there's a whole process of picking up and letting go. And I'd been through that myself in in my corporate career. My last corporate job, I was in in the first 18 months of that job so far over my head. I'd gone from being a regional bank uh, vice president to being a vice president in a Fortune 500 company, Fortune 250 actually. And just the scale and the scope was so much bigger and the expectations were so much higher, but they really weren't very clearly defined. I just knew they were different. And when I started coaching, I was um, working with a lot of clients who were going through similar situations. You know, they were kind of felt like they were in over their head. You know, they were really talented people, but the jobs were much bigger seemingly than they were. And uh, the first three or four years of our our business, the Eblin Group, uh, really just focused on coaching people like that. And it's a longer story, that really, that we don't have time for today. But I was encouraged to write a book uh, at a conference I went to. This, you know, the main speaker who was Marshall Goldsmith actually encouraged everybody there to start working on a book. And I thought that whole weekend, like, what book would I write? And <laughs> when I went home, you know, I, the next level was an idea in my mind as a title. And that construct of picking up and letting go was in my head. And I just kind of worked it, you know, through the year of 2004 into a full-blown book proposal. Got a contract on that in the fall of 2004. And from that point, it was um, 
go to Starbucks every weekend and write a chapter, <laughs> you know, uh, because I was, you know, you, like you said, you know, I had a pretty full business calendar with my clients. So there wasn't time to carve out that think time and, you know, the time it takes to do a creative project like, project like that during the week. So, you know, I'd write a Starbucks uh, chapter at Starbucks every weekend, send it to my editor on Monday morning. We'd have a little talk midweek about what I could improve in that draft and then I'd go start work on the next chapter um, so that was about a 10 or 12 week process and um, you know the rest as they say is publishing history <laughs> well, <laughs> not, not that it's war and peace or anything but that, that's the, that's how it happened well thanks Scott that's that's great insights I, I just want to reinforce for you um, literally this week I have uh, had another I had one of my clients he got promoted from general manager to a vice president role and he has um, I had him buy the book and um, the concept of the picking up and letting go is just fantastic I use that all the time you know it's really important with the leaders I get to work with they they don't always understand that there's this new level of responsibilities I talk about the sort of the secret handshake almost that happens when you get into the c-suite you you've arrived and you're really not supposed to talk about your business as much as it is sort of forward-looking. What's happening in the community? What's our next merger and acquisition? What what are we doing in the in our community? What's our what's happening with our whole workforce? And yeah. I find I find that the folks that still want to get down, I'm, I'm coaching a CFO right now, that he still wants to get down into the details of you know what's happening with capital from the last quarter. And yeah. he he was having some trouble. He was kind of out of stride, you know. So that seems to be a a, a common challenge. Sure, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you know, there, there are nine different pick up and let go distinctions that I talk about in the book, uh, organized around three categories, personal presence, team presence, and organizational presence. And like your new client or the client that you're working with probably could focus on picking up an outside-in view of the entire business and mm-hmm. letting go of an inside-out view from his function, mm-hmm. you know, functional perspective, right? Because he has come up through finance, but now he's an executive for the whole company. So you've really got to look at it from an outside-in versus inside-out kind of point of view. Well, that's great. Scott, I want to shift gears just a little bit. Uh, you know, we're both out there working with companies all across the U.S., the world, et cetera. I'm just curious, you know, what trends are you seeing in today's workplace? Uh, one big trend is that everybody has to do more with less. Uh, for sure, that's probably the biggest trend I see. I I, I do a lot of public speaking, and uh, usually to you know larger groups, you know, hundred or more. Um, usually, fairly not super senior people, but rising people, you know, like senior vice presidents in banks and so forth. And the question that I'll always ask, uh, I ask them to respond raise their hand or if they have a polling system in the room, click on as many of these that apply to you. Um, did it last week with a bunch of people in finance. Uh, have you gotten a new assignment in the last year? Um, is do, Are you in the same job you were in a year ago, but the scope is much bigger today than it was a year ago? And then two other scenarios. And at least 80% of the people in any given room raise their hands or click the button on same job, bigger scope which just tells us it's a leading indicator that everybody's going to do more with less environment. I think that started in the financial crisis in 2008 and you know the economy has recovered in lot, lots part many parts of the world certainly the United States but that do do more with less dynamic continues big time. I'd say the other one really is working in a matrixed environment, uh, working globally in a matrixed environment is even more complex. 
working within a network of networks <laughs> is, is really to me, sure. it requires a lot of brain power and a lot. You talked about presence. It requires a lot of presence and being present these days in a super complex, always connected network of networks kind of world to be aware enough and intentional enough to make the right decisions at the right times. Well, that's great. I love these insights, Scott. Um, you know, I, one that I see is absolutely doing more with less. It's also this always being connected. It's always having to be on. And mm-hmm. so after the break, what I'd like to do is pick up from your work about the overworked and overwhelmed, the mindfulness alternative book. So we'll come back after a break here um, and we'll pick up with Scott Eblen talking about overworked and overwhelmed. We'll see you in two minutes. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Tired of wasting time and spending marketing money with little results? Are you looking for more leads, clients, and revenue in your business with predictable results? Tune in to Mojo My Business with the team behind Mojo Global, Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez. Our program will showcase proven expert solutions that have helped countless businesses outsell the competition and gain massive market share. Mojo My Business can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now, back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. So glad you could be with us today. We've got Scott Eblen, author, speaker, and leader, and all-around great guy that has been with us so far, talking about, so far, his first book, The Next Level. We're going to now move into Overworked and Overwhelmed. This has been a fabulous book, just the title so well described, so many of the leaders that I work with, um, even, you know, gosh, my friends, my spouse, uh, unfortunately, my high school kids. This, this is the world we live in. Just a few stats to sort of back that up. It says now that we are connected to those things called the smartphone 72 hours a week. Let me repeat that, 72 hours a week. 48% of Americans report that their stress is up and the number one source of stress is being connected 24-7 and, and the job pressure of always being there, having to stay connected. There's just really no white space on our calendar. As Scott likes to say from his book, we're racked and stacked. It's all day, every day, back to back. I know so many of my clients 
when I look at their schedule, I was working with one last week, Scott, that had 42 hours of meetings before he set foot in the building. Wow. And so that's just crazy. So I'm working with him to try to say, how do we delegate? How do we get a few things off the plate? But, you know, you wrote the book. You, you did the research. Why do we feel so overworked and overwhelmed, Scott? Well, I, I think you alluded to it. I mean, the, the, we all start with 168 hours in a week, you know, 24 times 7. And if you have a smartphone and you're an executive manager or professional, the Center for Creative Leadership's research tells us that you're connected to your work, paying attention to your work for an average of 72 hours a week. So that's the biggest chunk of that 168. And then there's mm-hmm. 56 hours a week, eight hours a day times seven days a week that you probably have to do some basics, right? Like sleeping, everybody, 95% of people need at least seven hours of sleep to be fully functional and, and be at their peak performance and just be healthy. Uh, most of the audiences I talk to when they raise their hand, it's maybe uh, 30% raise their hands on seven hours or more. And um, the others don't, meaning that they hope they're in the 5% of the human population that can get by with less than seven hours. The 5% that can do that have a rare genetic mutation that (laughs) enables them to do that. Well, that 70% of the people in the room do not have that genetic mutation, right? Exactly. Uh, You got to sleep. You got to eat well, ideally. You got to take care of yourself personally, personal grooming and bathing, you know, kind of important. So that leaves 40 hours a week out of that 168 to do everything else you either need or want to do in your life. Um, you know, the, the household uh, maintenance and chores, the, the kids, if you have kids at any age, great joy, but big investment of time, no matter what age, really. Um, extended family commitments, commutes, exercise, the little things that pop up in your life, like the plumbing breaks or whatever. I mean, you've got to, you've got to deal with all of that. And so it's just feels like too much in too short of amount of time for a lot of people. I think the other thing is the, the emergence of the 24 seven technology, you know, these smartphones that we carry around have, uh, 200,000 times more computing power than the supercomputer that landed men on the moon. Holy cow. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, we could go to the moon and back with this smartphone, you know, or maybe to Mars even, right? Like with Elon (laughs) Musk. But but the thing is, is they enable us to do anything from anywhere. And whatever boundaries that we maybe used to have, just because we didn't have the access to the world in our pocket like we do with the smartphone, um, that created boundaries that we may not have been aware of, but we benefited from them. Mm-hmm. And so now the boundaries have collapsed for a lot of people. You know, I can I can check on my work whenever, wherever, and it kind of leaves me in a chronic state of fight or flight if I'm living that way. It's your body's sympathetic nervous system working overtime. And um, the impact on that of that on your professional performance, but more importantly, your health and well-being is extremely severe and scary. Whew. I don't think yeah, I can I know you feel depressed now, right? <laughs> oh, golly, Scott. Yeah. Well, you know, but I think you're describing accurately the way many of us feel. I know the leaders I work with feel. You know, one of the things that I've done, and, and this, uh, you know, I'll be coming to you to sort of say, what's our alternative in just a second? But I go to Disney World probably every 18 months or so with my family. And one of the things that I've done, just to your point, 
is Beth and I, so Beth is my wife, we switched our phones. So I walk around Disney World with a pink phone um, because <laughs> I can't check email. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. so we still want to be in contact with each other about, you know, I got this kid, you got this kid, which line do we want, you know, which ride are we riding next? But I know I can't stop myself if I had it. That if I was in line, I would just sneak a look. Well, next thing you know, I'm back in Virginia thinking about a problem and completely missing out on that connection time. So, you know, a simple tip is to, uh, you know, walk around Disney World with your wife's phone. But I don't think that that's like the solution. So what's some of the alternate alternative solutions here that's, um, you know, the possibility for this overworked and overwhelmed state that we live in? Well, I think your example is actually a good one. And so what I like to talk about I, some, in the book, I call them habit hacks. You know, what are simple mm-hmm. things that you can do that are relatively easy to do and likely to make a difference? And so for a lot of people, um, we talk about routines coming in four areas. The, the whole goal in life is to show up at your best. And we have a framework that we talk at length about in the Overworked and Overwhelmed book called the Life GPS. Three questions to ask and answer for yourself on one piece of paper. So it's like a one pager that's kind of like a guide, you know, a guiding, uh, a guidance system for you, just like Google Maps on your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you at your best? What are the routines, physical, mental, relational, and spiritual that enable you to show up at your best? And what outcomes would you expect to see in the three big arenas of life: your life at home, your life at work, and your life in the community? If you are consistently showing up at your best. And so the easy to do, likely to make a difference kinds of routines can really help. Like the one that you did with your uh, with your phone at Disney World, that has benefits in both the mental domain, but it also has benefits in the relational domain because you're actually more present with your kids, you know, by having a phone that doesn't do everything that you're used to your phone doing, right? I, one woman I that I talk about in the book, she has a similar routine when she pulls into the garage in the evening she has to walk through her laundry room to get from the garage to the kitchen. She's got her iPhone charger plugged in over top of the washing machine. When her hand hits the laundry room door, she pulls her phone out of her purse, plugs it in over the over the washing machine, turns it face down, and leaves it there until her uh, grade school age kids are in bed two mm-hmm. or three hours later. And I, I said, when did you start doing this? Well, like a few months ago, I said, was it hard? She said, oh, my gosh, I felt like I'd cut my right arm off because <laughs> she was lit- literally addicted to checking her phone, you know, there's a chemical called dopamine that releases every time you check your phone, a, a neurochemical. And so she had to get over that. But she said the benefits of that, even the first night, were so apparent and so immediate, I knew I had to keep doing it. Like, what were the benefits? Well, first of all, my kids were a lot easier to be with because mm. they knew that they had me. They had my attention. And so they weren't competing for my attention and being, you know, kind of being annoying like little kids can be if they're competing for attention. And oh, by, my husband and I connected more deeply, and all four of us connected more deeply, so I knew I had to keep doing it. So that was something relatively easy to do. Plug your phone in over top of the washing machine and leave it there until your kids are in bed. Likely to make a difference? Yeah, absolutely makes a difference. And so it's just, I talk about mindfulness being the combination of two things. It's awareness plus intention. Awareness of what's going on around you and your response to what's going on around you and then being intentional about what you're going to do or not going to do next. And if you can raise your level of awareness a little bit about what's making you feel overworked and overwhelmed, because it is just that, it is a feeling, uh, and then look for something simple that you can change easily, like plug your phone in in the, in the laundry room, uh, that's, way, that's the way you get at it, right? Uh, and it doesn't have to be all about the phones. We just have two examples on that. Because what you're trying to do 
if you're overworked and overwhelmed during that chronic state of fight or flight, your sympathetic nervous system's working on overdrive. You need to activate the the complementary system in your in your autonomic nervous system called the parasympathetic nervous system. The nickname for that is rest and digest. They are designed to work together like the gas pedal and the brakes in a car. Fight and flight's the gas pedal. Rest and digest is the brakes. They need to be in what scientists call homeostasis. And we're trying to help our clients identify simple routines that will activate their rest and digest response throughout the day so they can perform at their best. Absolutely. Wow, that's a lot of great stuff there. You know, one of the things that I like, Scott, from um, your what you've taught me and our, and our working together as well as in the book is mindfulness is this um, managing the gap between your thoughts and your actions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's just really important. For me, it was, um, we often walk around just, uh, I'm going back to this racked and stacked. So the leaders that I'm working with, and uh, you know, I'm back to the guy that's got 42 hours worth of meetings, you know, literally my greatest gift sometimes is ending a coaching session three minutes early and saying, why don't you just breathe deeply for three minutes and just relax? Or go see one of your direct reports and have a conversation about the weekend. But what happens is they just go from meeting to meeting to, you know, lunch at the desk or, you know, lunch with a colleague. And there's no space between sort of the thoughts that are coming in and the actions. So, you know, here in the, in the next couple of minutes, what are some thoughts that you have that we can sort of break that up and we can just have space and turn down that middle chatter a little bit? Yeah, it's interesting that that gap between stimulus and response. I first learned about that. Uh, in college, actually, uh, a book, a, a classic book called Man's Search for Meaning by a gentleman named Viktor Frankl, who was uh, a Holocaust survivor, was in the mm-hmm. camps, uh, um, and then went on to, to found a school of psychotherapy called Logotherapy. And so, you know, no matter how overworked and overwhelmed anybody feels who's listening to this, the good news is, is you're not at... Uh, Auschwitz or Dachau, you know, you're not in a concentration camp. I mean, that, thank, that would be goodness. the ultimate overworked and overwhelmed experience. And that's when Frankel picked up on that was, you know, he said, they're going to do whatever they're going to do to me. That's, that's an extrinsic uh, input that I can't control. All I can control is my response to that. And that's, that's kind of the, the thing, right? And so when we work with clients, we, we draw on a on a little equation from a, a really great coach named Tim Galway, uh, it's capital P equals little p minus little i. And what that means is your performance equals your potential minus the interference. And we really encourage our clients to think about and have conversations with each other about interference in two different flavors, extrinsic and intrinsic. Extrinsic interference, we have no control over. Those are all the triggers in our life that set off what I call the itty-bitty shitty committee, which is that little voice inside our head saying, wow, this really sucks, or man, I'm not ready for this, or man, I'm so stressed out, or whatever it is. All of that voice stuff inside your head is intrinsic interference. To deal Mm -hmm. with that, you have to understand what your triggers are and then take steps, ideally easy to do, likely to make a difference, steps that are going to mitigate the impact of those external triggers on your intrinsic thought process. Because if we could get rid of the interference, the intrinsic interference, especially your performance just equals your potential straight up, right? And right. that's what we're trying to get to. Show up at your best, your performance equals your potential. 
Scott, that's a great formula. So performance equals potential minus interference. I use it all the time. I talk to folks about the interference. And so I know that one of the big interferences folks that I deal with is about time management, priority management, being able to stay on track of all these things. There's also some things around routines about how do I juggle these routines of my physical, my mental, all that kind of stuff. So when we come back from break, we will talk about some best practice tips and tools to help you with your own time management and be able to perform at a better and higher level and hopefully enjoy life a bit more. So we see you in two minutes right after the break. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back, and I am with Scott Evelyn today. He's an author, a speaker, a leader, and a business coach. And we've been talking about his uh, books as well as his interactions with his clients. Before the break, we were talking about the book Overworked and Overwhelmed, and we're going to continue that conversation now. And so, Scott, um, as I was saying before the break, a lot of my folks, the biggest interference they've got is just an inability to prioritize, to be able to get it all done in a day. And so, in your book, you had some... um, time tips that I thought were just brilliant. And I was wondering if we could go through a few of your sort of favorite time tips and, and how you use them with your clients. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. I, I was really lucky when I was writing this book. I got to interview around 50 uh, people who just about anybody would consider to be successful in their chosen fields. And um, in talking with them, I was really interested in you know how they thought about themselves at their best and what their routines were and so thing, and things like that. But I, I, again and again, I started hearing almost unsolicited their time management tips. I thought, well, I, I've really got to cover that because you can't really 
be expect to be successful with some routines that'll help you show up at your best unless you're creating space for those routines. So there's a chapter in the book called what's their secret, you know, basically how do they, uh, the one commitment you have to make to yourself and how to keep it. And the commitment basically is, um, to create space in their lives. That's going to help them, uh, have, have a little bit of margin and bandwidth for the routines that help them show up at their best. And like one of the people I got to interview was, uh, Admiral Thad Allen, who, uh, retired a few years ago as commandant of the U.S. Coast Guard and is well known to a lot of people as the as the per, as the person who helped lead the relief efforts after Hurricane Katrina, and then he helped coordinate the the federal response to the Deepwater Horizon uh, oil uh, derrick uh, situation in the Gulf of Mexico a few years later. And he talked to me about he has to overcome the tyranny of the present, and I, I'd mm. never heard that phrase before. And I said, like Admiral, what do you mean by that? And he says, well. He said, there's so much stuff coming in on any given day that you could just spend your entire day doing the stuff that's coming in. And he said, you know, that's the tyranny of the present. It just lock present. It locks you, you know, all that stuff that's coming in in the moment can just totally paralyze you if you let it. And so as he, he said, the way I thought about it and the way he still thinks about it in his, in his private sector career now is it's about table stakes. You know, like when you play poker, you have to put in an ante, uh, but you don't want to put in an ante any bigger than you need to to stay in the game. You want to minimize your table stakes. And he said, that's the way I look at my calendar. I just do the, you know, he's really trying to be intentional about doing the bare minimum of the incoming, you know, responding to the bare minimum and really just making some decisions about what he's not going to deal with at all on any given day or maybe delegate to somebody else. So just having that level of awareness about, you know, I've got to make some different decisions about what's coming in and what I'm going to respond to. Kind of related to that, there's a really uh, talented uh, executive that I interviewed named Carolyn Starner. And Carolyn's the head of HR for Oakley, the sports apparel and sunglasses company. And um, she and her assistant have gotten into a couple of routines. One is they regularly ask themselves, of, you know, the, all the different requests on her time, you know, and the things that we're doing, is it, is it really even necessary? You know, like what what's the purpose of this? What's the objective? I have a client right now who has uh, concluded that she's going to be very diligent in not accepting any meeting uh, where the objectives aren't stated for the meeting in advance and the agenda is not published in advance. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that's that's kind of putting a line down, you know, about how you're going to spend your time. Carolyn has another routine with her assistant. Every Friday, they look at her calendar for the upcoming week with the goal of eliminating 20% of the things on her calendar in the upcoming week. Because, you know, when things got scheduled three or four weeks ago, it seemed really important. Maybe now it's not so important. Or maybe it doesn't right. require Carolyn's presence. Or maybe it's just not as important as other things. Or maybe it can be pushed out a few more weeks or whatever. And so when they hit that 20% goal, she basically gets back the equivalent of a day of her time. You know, every Friday, she gets back a day of her time for the upcoming week. You know, it's not all eight hours in a row, usually, but it's, you know, an hour here, half an hour there, whatever. Yeah, that's so fantastic. That, a lot of people can do that, and that's that's been a big eye-opener for a lot of people. Um, I think the another one is, you know, this is kind of coming from Stephen Covey, you know, the, the big rocks, you know, scheduling the big rocks first. Uh, I got the interview Chris Nassetta, who's the CEO of Hilton, uh, worldwide, the hospitality company. And Chris has had a, a standing Tuesday night dinner date with his dad, who's in his 80s, 
uh, for like 40 years uh, or maybe longer than that. I think I actually told me since he was 10 years old, because yeah, it is 40 because Chris is in his 50s. And so Chris travels a lot internationally. You'd expect the CEO of Hilton to do that. But the deal is when he's in town and he really tries to schedule himself so he's in town at least two or three Tuesdays every month, he and his dad and whoever else is around, the rest of the family, the family priest, whoever, they're going to have a great big Italian dinner. And hmm. him and his dad have been doing that most of his life. And so he's very close to his family because of that. And that's a big rock for him that gets scheduled first. You put that on the calendar and schedule around that. You know, a big rock for me is yoga. I have to do yoga to feel good you know, mm-hmm. and to be fully functional. And we could maybe talk about that, why that's the case later. But I know every week uh, what time of day I'm going to be doing yoga on any given day. I travel a lot, uh, you know, and so sometimes that yoga is 20 minutes in my hotel room in the morning. Uh, my preference would be 90 minutes in a class in Santa Monica, but I'm not in Santa Monica a lot of the time. So, you know, I have to make adjustments, but the big rock for me is yoga because the leverage off of that and the benefits off of that are enormous. <laughs> well, productivity and well-being. As we were talking, the break, mine is running, and unfortunately, I've got a torn up knee. So, no one in my family is having a lot of fun. One good thing that we do have here is uh, it's been a great fall so far. We have a ping pong table outside. I have never played so much ping pong as I have this fall, wow. just because I need to do something. Yeah, but, that's cool. Well, I think one of the things I want to go back to, um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll work into talking about some of these rhythms that you alluded to earlier, um, is the intentionality of what you're doing. And so, so often, um, the leaders I work with have lost sight of that. So it's that awareness and intentionality that makes up mindfulness. And often our job is to just help people get aware first, and then that intentionality. And so many of the clients, unfortunately, just say, I just, Jeff, you don't understand my schedule. I'm sure they say the same thing to you, Scott. We're so busy, we just don't have any time for that. And yeah. so, you know, I think these tips are good, but I'm, I'm curious to maybe go into, you know, these, these four, you know, rhythms, uh, excuse me, routines and rhythms that, that you've created because I, I know my leaders just, they, they need to break out of the coming in and doing the same thing day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So could you maybe walk us through some of those? Sure, absolutely. I mean, and it's kind of based on the premises. The other thing these 50 people that I interview ha- had in common is they all had a common belief. And the common belief is the only person who's going to take care of me is me. Me, <laughs> you know? absolutely. And, and, absolutely. And so you've got to be in tune with what do you need from a routine standpoint? What kind of routines do you need in your life to, to show up at your best physically, mentally, relationally, spiritually? And, um, and just in total, you know, in an integrated kind of way, what do you need to show up at your best? And so that does require some awareness and then it requires intention to follow through. And, you know, people are really busy and, you know, we've got four domains of routines we're encouraging them to, to work on and to, to be, you know, intentional about physical, mental, relational, and spiritual. There's a lot of good things you could think of uh, in any one of those four categories that you could or should do. And for people who are already feeling overworked and overwhelmed, I'd say forget about most of those for now and let's just focus in on where the leverage is for you right now. Mm. And there's probably some good places to look and some good places to start, which we call killer apps. You know, what, what are the, what's the killer app for each of those four domains of routines? Like in the physical space, you should definitely eat well. Uh, you should definitely get seven hours or more of sleep a night. Uh, but you maybe aren't going to start there. But one thing you could definitely start with 
uh, is movement, which I think is really the killer app for the physical domain. All the research that comes out, you see a new article almost every week on this, a new study that you can summarize with the headline that sitting is the new smoking. You know, that if you sit on your butt for eight or nine or ten hours a day like most professionals do, the impact on your life expectancy is the same as, as smoking a pack of cigarettes every day. Wow. And so, That's crazy. Yeah, it is. And so you got to move. And movement activates your parasympathetic nervous system. It activates your rest and digest response. So you get a lot of uh, health benefits from that. You also get mental benefits from that. The research out of UC Davis shows that people who take a five to ten minute physical break every hour, which is really what you should shoot for as a goal, which is relatively easy to do to get up from your desk every hour for five to ten minutes, you're going to be 30% more mentally focused when you get back to your desk after the break. So it's a productivity enhancer as well. You know, that's, that's a simple example. That's great. Do you have one maybe for um, relational before, um, before we wrap up this section? Yeah, uh, in the relational space, uh, lots of people, if they think about it, they already have relational routines that they, they practice in their lives. They might have date, date night with their partner, or they might have time set aside for their kids in the evening or on the weekends, or they might go to lunch with colleagues periodically just for, you know, to connect. So that's all good. Pre- pretty much what any of those kinds of examples have in common is what I think is the killer app for the relational space, and that's listening. You know, that any good relational routine is going to have a strong element of listening in it. And it's not just like the transient listening that we do when we're not really listening in a busy day. And it's not even the transactional listening that we see a lot in the workplace where we're just trying to solve problems and move on to the next step. And so, you know, we're listening with the goal of getting something done. It's actually transformational listening where we're listening with no other agenda than just to connect with the other person, you know, and it's like you talked about, I don't know whether it was on the break or during the show here today, Jeff, but you talked about, you know, if you've got an extra few minutes, go check in with your team and just, Mm -hmm. you know, how's life? What's going on with your kids? You know, what, and what I've seen, we do this exercise in a lot of our workshops. I'll I'll have people grouped in, in groups of three Speaker, listener, and observer will do three rounds of that for four minutes each. In the first three minutes of each round, the speaker is talking to the listener about something that is important to them. It doesn't Mm -hmm. be anything, you know, work-related, not work-related, family, hobbies, whatever. And then there's a minute of feedback for the listener about how they did on listening to the speaker and engaging with the speaker on that. And what's amazing, after 12 minutes, three rounds of four minutes each, People are stunned by how connected they feel to the other two people they were they were mm. teamed up with, and I point out to him, I said that was only twelve minutes, and you went to a really pretty deep level of connection, didn't you? Yeah. So how did you do that? Well, we just carved it out. We were intentional about being, you know, with each other. I said, yeah. So how many opportunities do you have for that during a regular day? It doesn't take that long to establish that kind of connection with someone. But we just kind of blow through our racked and stacked day and, and overlook the opportunities to establish that kind of connection. Which, by the way, improves our immune system, uh, which, by the way, increases our life expectancy to be in strong relationships or you know, really strong studies that, that uh, validate both of those points. Well, that's, Scott, fantastic. So a couple of takeaways for me was movement is absolutely a killer app for the physical and listening is a killer app for the relational. I'm just going to tie a little bit of that together. Um, for me, and I've shared this story with you. You've even blogged about it. 
each morning, um, probably, well, not each morning, probably three days a week, I take Henry to school, my youngest son, and it used to be just a regular task. What I found was when I got intentional, I turned off the radio mm-hmm. and I just listened to Henry. I'm going to be taking him to school regardless and then going on about my day. I put the phone away and then I just have a conversation with Henry. I'd forgotten just how funny he was. I also can do like uh, Scooby-Doo voices, Miss Piggy, a few <laughs> other things, you know, things that I kind of forgotten about myself. And Henry will like throw me these things and just say, hey, daddy, do Scooby-Doo or do this. But we have this chance to connect too and talk about his day. And so it's really a fantastic chance to connect. And at the end of the day, when he gets home, I know what to ask about. And it really has been fantastic. So we're getting ready for our last break here. When we come back, we will talk about some wrap-up tips, some takeaways that we'd want you to take forward into the rest of your week. We'll be back in two minutes and look forward to seeing you again. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. Welcome back. I've been, uh, I was laughing. Uh, I was looking at one of the... Um, uh, emails that came in. So someone has requested my Scooby-Doo uh, imitation. I think I'll save that for another episode because oh, Scott's come still- on, Jeff, do it. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. <laughs> but uh, what's up, Scooby-Doo? <laughs> so anyway, we'll we'll build on that for some future shows. But I've got Scott Eblen. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show with some of Scott's life story. Scott is a author, a teacher, coach, and business leader. And so Scott, you said in the book that you know that you'd had a serious health challenge, and that that was significant to you. Could you maybe uh, expand on that and, and what impact that has had on your life? 
Yeah, you and I were talking off air about uh, you are a runner, and that's kind of your preferred uh, form of uh, physical activity. I think you mentioned it a little while ago in the last segment. And I, I shared that with you for most uh, 30 years of my life. And summer of uh, spring and summer of 2009, my, my legs, when I was running, started to get like lead. You know, I just felt like no, no spring in my legs. And so I, after a couple of months of that, I did what any type A does. I got on WebMD and, you know, <laughs> self-diagnosed. And I, my self-diagnosis was lumbar stenosis and like a pinched nerve on my spine. I think, well, that should be pretty easy to fix. And so I went to a specialist and said, hey, I think I have lumbar stenosis. I just need you to tell me what to do. And she said, that's really a interesting theory, but let's run some MRIs. And uh, they ran the MRIs. And in the intervening couple of weeks, I couldn't feel my legs anymore. I couldn't feel my feet when they were touching the ground, and which makes it kind of challenging to walk. And I was losing a lot of strength and losing a lot of cognitive ability, honestly. And long story short, the MRIs show... Uh, showed lesions on my spine and in my brain. Uh, further testing with a neurologist uh, showed that I have multiple sclerosis. And so that was the summer of 2009, uh, and that was kind of a downhill slide the rest of that year, well into 2010. Um, and my physical and mental, frankly, capabilities were, were diminishing pretty quickly, and it was really hard to walk around the block even, and brain was pretty fuzzy which is scary when your life depends on putting words together in a coherent fashion. Um, And um, a friend of my wife, Diane, is a holistic health expert and a yoga instructor. Scott should try yoga. And I said, well, that's an interesting idea, but I can barely stand up straight. How am I going to do yoga? But I went and um, I noticed physical benefit. The teacher said, if you come here three days a week, it'll change your body. If you come here more than three days a week, it'll change your life. And she was right about the body part. I noticed physical improvements in what I could do within a month, probably, or less, really. Um, but then I started going more and more, and I just noticed changes in my life. And what I, what in terms of how I thought about things, my attitude about things, my moods, uh, all of that. And what I've learned since then is yoga or any other rhythmic repetitive motion, walking around your office, walking outside, breathing deeply from your belly, any rhythmic repetitive motion activates the parasympathetic response, the rest and digest response. When you have any chronic illness, whether it's MS or anything else, and I'm sure there are people listening that have a chronic illness in their life. Um, you have to manage your stress. I absolutely have to manage my stress. My MS hasn't gone away, but I've learned a lot about what triggers stress for me, the extrinsic interference, and how to manage it when it triggers. And, you know, like you, I'm traveling around the world and doing a lot of writing and speaking and so forth. And I feel honestly as good as I've ever felt in my life. I still have MS, but it's these routines, the physical, the mental, uh, relational routines, very important, spiritual routines, very important uh, to help me stay connected with why I'm here, you know, and I think part of the reason I'm here now is to share what I've learned, not just through my personal experience, but through the research that I've, that I've read and done and the work that I've done with my clients. And, you know, we make the world a better place one person at a time, and that starts with us, each of us. And um, that's whatever small contributions I can make to helping uh, the world be a better place. That's that's why I'm here, and I've got to stay healthy and and uh, in every respect, physical, mental, relational, and spiritual, 
to do wow. that. And I've tried, I try to be aware and intentional about what I need to follow through on that. Well, Scott, you know, I think <clears throat> I'm so glad you shared that story that it's so humbling to know all that you do and all the travel you do and all the people that you've helped. You know, and it's also important that we remember that everyone has a story. Um, we walk around and we think that everyone's a superhero. We, we look at these leaders and think that they're invincible. And, you know, we get sometimes as speakers and coaches, we p- get put up on a platform and everyone kind of thinks our life is just perfect and that we, we never have a down day or get frustrated and all that. And that's just really not the case. And, you know, I think that's, that's the world our, lit- our leaders live in. So, you know, Scott, any, uh, any wrap-up comment here as, uh, as we close our time together? I couldn't agree with you more that everybody has a story. Robin Roberts, the host of Good Morning America, just started a new podcast called it's called Everybody's Got Something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, she's a cancer survivor, as most people know in the United States anyway. And she's just interviewing well-known people who, you know, you would think, oh, my gosh, their life is perfect. Well, no, it's not. And that's just part of life, right? And it's really about the resilience factor, you know, and what do you do to keep going? Um, my wife, Diane, when at the height of the MS, I have it on my desk. I have a paperweight with a quote from Winston Churchill, if you're going through hell, keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's what we all need to do, you know, and because and, we all have challenges. It's really just a question of what are the things that we can do that are relatively easy and likely to make a difference in getting our getting us back on track and moving forward, you know, and that's really just resilience and understanding the things that you need in your life to help show up more at your best. Well, Scott, it's just been an honor and a privilege that you're a great friend. Well, back at you in, in all respects, Jeff. I, I'm honored to, that she asked and really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Well, absolutely. So again, uh, Scott Eblen has been with us today, the author of The Next Level, What Insiders What Insiders Know About Executive Success, as well as the book Overworked and Overwhelmed, The Mindfulness Alternative, both excellent books that I use with my clients. And if you want more information about those, uh, they're available at Amazon.com. And we'll have, uh, you know, on the radio show, you'll be able to see uh, more information about Scott. So thank you for investing the time with us this week. Next week on the show, we're going to have Marissa Keegan. Marissa is a uh, former employee of Voltage Leadership Consulting. We still do work together on a regular basis. She has a podcast called Utter Brilliance, and she has a book called Culture is More Than Genes and Margarita Machines. It's a great <laughs> title. It's a great book. We'll be talking about engagement and how to incorporate this into your, into your culture. So next week, we'll be back here at 1 o'clock Eastern, uh, 10 o'clock Pacific time. And if you want to contact us throughout the course of the week, please reach out to us. You can reach me by reaching out at area code 540-798-1963 or jeff at voltageleadership.com. And our website is www.voltageleadership.com. Like us on Facebook at Voltage Leadership and connect with me on LinkedIn. You've been listening to Illuminating Leadership. and We're so happy that you could be with us from all around the world. And again, look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks again, Scott, and look forward to talking to Marissa next week. Everyone, have a fantastic week. Thank you for tuning in to VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week. 